Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 59. I am Joe Darnell, your host, and joining me is my friend, Mr. Eric Rauch. How are you, Eric? Doing well. How are you, Joe? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much. I'm enjoying some, well, premium quality <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts coffee today. That's right. We, you know, America day. runs on America this runs stuff. on Dunkin'. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Cough sputter. <sighs> okay. So it's going to be a big day. It's going to be an interesting episode. We got a couple of things to begin with before we get to our taste test. I want to talk about this article I found on the internet on a website called ydr.com, which stands for the York Daily Record. And I guess that there are some people there that just like to talk about whatever comes to their mind, whatever floats their boat. This has actually gotten three shares on Facebook, so it's worth talking about <laughs> on our show. Three? <laughs> and it came out, well, just March 8th. You know, let's come around next year and see how many shares they have in 2017 on March 8th. Okay. Our coffee grounds grinding to a halt. This is the article by Gordon Freyrich. Uh, I can't say that name. It's uh, it's uh, killing uh, me. Uh, I don't think you did there either. Okay, Freyrich. Freyrich. Um, sorry, man. Gesundheit. The guy is uh, he's old school. He's a traditional coffee drinker, and but he's very much vested in his coffee brewing ritual in his own way. Okay. Yeah, so he's not this hardcore coffee enthusiast. He never went the hipster route. He missed that generation. He's probably generation. Well, he might be baby boomer generation. I, I don't know. Okay. But I get the impression from his stories. Let's see here. He goes down into the article. My Aunt Hannah had a tall gray enamel coffee pot forever fighting mod modernity. I hate that word. She kept the pot atop the coal burning stove in the kitchen well into the enlightened mid 1950s. Okay. So this guy, he's, he's up in years. He's got he's to gotta be if he remembers what Aunt Hannah was doing in the 50s. Worse yet, she would pour the leftover coffee in a mason jar and heat that up if needed. <laughs> it was the bitterness in the cup. Okay, so point being, he knows exactly what Aunt Hannah was doing in the 50s. Yeah, it left an impression. What it really struck him was how every day she would grind her own beans and then make her beverages. And now it occurred to him like... Say what you will about Keurigs, but that is something totally lost on the Keurig wave, that people don't have an experience preparing the beans. Hmm. There's no sound. There's no aroma from it. There's no interaction with the beans. You hardly ever see them. You shouldn't see them. If you're seeing them in your, your coffee, your Keurig coffee, something went wrong. True. And it's not easy to recycle them. So you can shake them. You can shake the Keurig pods and, and it's, uh, you know, they should add a little tab to the side of the foil so that you can peel it off and dunk, well, dump, dump the grounds out if you want to recycle them afterward. You know, like uh, you have to have a lot of pods for it to add up to anything because there's, there's not much coffee in there. But, but uh, yeah, I don't know that, that I think that's part of the attraction is that people don't want to deal with it. They want to just take the plastic cup out of their out of their Keurig, throw it away, and be done with it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but you know, so Gordon here, he's just you know getting to the point that he misses the sound of a good coffee grind. Mm -hmm. He misses the fresh aroma that it produces in anyone's kitchen. So is he saying that he's a Keurig drinker now too? He's confessing that he he misses the good old days. Oh, so he doesn't even do it. He he doesn't specify, but okay. I get the impression that he's very familiar in the ways of Keurig. Based on what he has to say, okay. I mean, he, he's he's talking about this new concept 
founded by people in 1992, Americans in 1992, the company did not go into full production of machines and coffee pods until the early 2000s. And that name Keurig, one of the founders says it's the Dutch word for excellence Hmm. in scare quotes. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure he knows what a Keurig is all about. Um, And I, I, I kind of agree with him. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. But there is something lost from the experience of grinding your own coffee beans. There's not much else you do that involves grinding, that involves that aroma that you can produce really fast. And one other point in the article he makes was a lot of people just, you know, peel an orange and toss the peel and think nothing of it. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, going back to Aunt Hannah, I think it was. And Aunt Hannah sounded like a really godly individual. She would take the orange peel and put it in a pan and heat it up to create some fresh scent from the orange peel in the house. Huh. And my mom does that kind of thing with cinnamon sticks. It makes total sense. I, I think I'm actually going to give that a try next round of oranges we have in the house. Yeah, like especially after you just fried something in the house. Fried oranges? No, after you've just fried, if you just fried some meat or something and there's that... That that smells in the air. Oh yeah, of, of fried meat. You know, maybe you should try frying some citrus or some cinnamon sticks to get rid of it. My sister made some fajitas last night. Oh, and I don't ever really cook onions and bell peppers. Yeah. but oh, it just yeah, you, so I mean, you, good. You walk into a it, it does, but you walk into a Mexican restaurant and you walk out smelling like a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> you know, you, you may as well get the fajitas because you're gonna smell like them anyway. <laughs> but last night I didn't get the fajitas. Oh, oh. You didn't get to eat them? No. Too bad. But yeah, I, I have to agree. Check out the article. If you're trying to make, prove a point with any of your friends that uh, they're missing out on something like a spiritual connection with your coffee from traditional coffee roasting and brewing and grinding. Right. Yeah. It just, it, it takes another variable out of the equation. It doesn't, it, it, it's, it's, it's no longer you making the coffee. You're just popping this pot in, pushing a button and bam, you know, out comes your There's, Jetsons coffee. It is not wrong. It's no. not wrong. No. It, but but you know what it is? It's like cupcakes you bought from the bakery already done in a plastic yeah. sealed container. Yeah. Arguably, quote, fresh. They just never taste fresh. Yeah, they're sweet. Right. Yeah, they're fluffy, but they don't seem to be extraordinary. And then your mom actually makes a homemade recipe of cupcakes in the house. Yeah. Oh, it just smells so good. Yeah, and, and you can not, tell that they're fresh. It's not just that. It's just uh, that there's, there's also ownership there, too. When When you do something, when you... When you are part of the process, rather than taking this little mini cup out of the package, putting it in the machine, closing the lid, hit the button, and out 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 comes your coffee. You, you know, you didn't really do much. You 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 just followed the instructions. Yeah. When you make your own cakes. When you when you make your when you own you handcraft your own cup of coffee. To whatever degree you do, you know it. It's there's there's some there's some sort of specialty to that. There's there's just something that's that's that that makes it. Makes it feel like it's more yours, like you did something. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Ownership. There's something nice about being part of the process. And it's not just about food either. I mean, I don't know. This is like one of the the themes of our show going on and on and on. But there is something special about anything that you make by hand yourself. You do. I, I know a lot of people who get really enthusiastic about typing. They like to do a lot of writing. They like to count how many words they can write per minute. And they get really into their writing ritual every day. And it's maybe because they started blogging a few years ago, but then they, they moved away from blogging and now they're daily journaling and, uh, or they're back to blogging, you know, and what they just cannot get away from this addiction because they enjoy the, the doing yeah. of the thing. And for some of them, 
they've also turned back to pens and paper right. for this very reason that right. they actually found- Typing seems too sterile. They found a special level of hand-onness right. with the pen and paper. Yeah. And that is why you're never going to get rid of moleskins or is it moleskine? I, I never heard anybody say moleskine. Okay. Moleskines? Moleskin. Anyway. Okay. Moleskins. I felt like Bugs Bunny all of a sudden. I, just because he couldn't pronounce anything. Okay. And, <laughs> and it, that is stuff is still taken very seriously. So no matter how many note-taking apps and journaling apps and blogging platforms you're ever going to have, there's still going to be a huge number of people who are wanting to buy and use very nice pens, very nice notebook paper. There's definitely something to that. You know, at, at the end of the day, if you're a journaling type of person or, or if you're a writer and, and you type up something in the computer on word processing software, or if you handwrite it, at the end of the day, you've, you've got the same thing. You've got your, your thoughts on paper of some sort or saved somewhere, but there's just something more, more personal about well, the, the handwritten. If you were to discover your grandfather's handwritten journal. Sure. Versus yeah. your son's typed journal, saved in his documents folder on his on his laptop. You know, it, yeah. it, it's 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 ultimately the same, but it doesn't feel the same. Does yeah, it's 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 not. There's there's something something different about it. Even if your grandfather wasn't especially good writer, maybe he just didn't use a lot of words. Maybe he wasn't very expressive. You get an abundance of character from his penmanship, right? Because there is there is there's there's definitely you know when you when you type a letter on a computer, your letter that you just typed looks exactly like everybody else's letter A or letter B, or there's no, there's no identity in, in that, in that letter. It's just, it's just a placeholder for a concept. But when you, when you write the letter A or, or write the word he or she or whatever, there, there's, there's not just the word there, but there's the, the, the personality behind it. The, you know, you know, penmanship is the art of the writing world. Yeah. So people that take penmanship seriously and, and have very, very nice, handwriting it just i got this uh i i got a, a letter from china um really yeah it was it wasn't what do they want it wasn't coffee related or anything but um it was it was a contract for for, for one of the books we published a couple years ago in a, in another life the thing that that they said oh they sent copies of, of the book back cuz they they translated one of our one of our, our books into chinese and they and they sent copies of this book back i can't I can't read chinese but the i saved the envelope i saved the 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 package that it that it came in because the handwriting on it was exquisite. I mean, you, it just looked like somebody took all day to write these Chinese characters, and and then and then the way she wrote my name and really? my address and everything. It just it just looked. It's like wow, this is this is very very special. At least it is to me. Yeah. Now she may have just whipped it out, but it looked like it took a whole lot of time because it was it looked like calligraphy. You know, it was just it was really really nice. Nice. And it just it just made a huge impact. It's funny that you bring up the calligraphy because that's actually one of the things that inspired the original Macintosh interface. I mean, it's it's funny to think about that, but the Macintosh has always been about the work for designers. A lot of people said it's a very design-centric yeah. platform, brand and operating system, the whole shebang. And that was one of the things they fought for back in the 80s. They wanted to make something that felt uh, like the crossroads of the liberal arts and sciences had joined, Yeah, all inspired by something like calligraphy nice. and it feels like we, we got away from that it really does feel like we got away we from definitely that. got away from coffee computers. right now coffee and computers 
<laughs> you know, there is a Instagram that's called Mac and Coffee or something like that. Really? And I'm subscribed. They have some very beautiful pictures of coffee and computers together. I, I know it seems like we're completely off the track no, we're on, talking on, about, on the coffee podcast, right, but, no. but it's, a, it, it's, it's the, the underlying philosophy of, I think, I think the idea hand, is the hand, same there. Hands-on that, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a personal thing. It's something that you- The more hands-on it is- the better it is. Collectively, I think we're moving back toward that. I think there is a recognition that that this, you know, we've reached almost reached the end of industrialization, and and now we're, we're we we like look longingly back to making things with our hands, and and it's just it's more um, art has become so commercialized and so commoditized that that now we're looking back at at the way art and the way those types of things used to be done mm-hmm. longingly, like that that was that was actually pretty cool. Rather than picking up my meal on the way home from work from from my favorite restaurant, I'm going to go home. Sure, it's going to take me a time. It's going to take me some time. It's going to take me an hour, an hour and a half, and I got to clean up. You know, it's an investment, but it's worth it. With a little experience, it's even more enjoyable. Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay, let's take a break. This week's episode is brought to you by our friend over at Magic Coffee Truck. What is a Magic Coffee Truck? You ask. Well, let me tell you. Imagine a wonderful world where handcrafted coffee is prepared for you in the back of a cleverly constructed motor vehicle called a truck. It's like a taco or ice cream truck that delights patrons in the town square by turning any moment into a fantastic one with delicious, fresh coffee like it came from a fairy tale, but only it was brewed in the coffee laboratory on the magic coffee truck. This is Sharon's dream. To tour the country and serve coffee lovers culinary marvels and bring caffeinated sweets to you. And to get Sharon and her truck on the open road, she first needs to get a truck. So she's handcrafting some of the finest coffee edibles that you can imagine and selling them from her web store to steer her business that direction. Magic Coffee Trucks are no ordinary confections. We're talking about English-style coffee toffee infused with cascara syrup and bottled awesome sauce cold brew coffee and peanut butter and jelly balls, and roll out the red carpet for the magic chocolate-dipped coffee marshmallows. And if you're thinking, Joe, this all just sounds too good to be true, don't believe me. Shop for these stupendous handmade delicacies at magiccoffeetruck.etsy.com and help Sharon, the culinary wizard and truck driver, Take her craft to the open road. Use the discount code magically caffeinated to get 20% off of any order over $10. My sincere thanks to Sharon for supporting Top Brew and making the world a better place from her coffee laboratory. You know, I got several of the goods from Magic Coffee Truck right here, and I'm I'm holding in my hand the Magic Choco Dipped Coffee Marshmallows on a s'more sickle. I can't wait to eat this thing, guys. It's, It's one of the most beautiful things on a stick I've ever seen. It's, it's a handmade sort of uh, tan marshmallow, and that's because it's got coffee in it. And then on top of that, it's coated in melted chocolate. And on top of that, sprinkled with graham cracker or some kind of cracker. I imagine it could even be better than graham cracker. I mean, I don't know what kind of cookie that is, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I had some of the coffee mellows mallows yesterday. Oh, everyone who touches this stuff can't get enough of them. Yes, that was, that was new to me. I'm a toffee kind of guy. I love I love a good See, toffee, and it I'm and not, it's, it's but good. It was delicious. Yeah, it was it was very good. Back in the outline, back to the topics of cupping and Starbucks, and what we weren't talking about Starbucks. Oh, uh-uh, we never have. Okay, well, I mean, not on this show. Ah, right. This particular show, this we one, have, this is, this ne- episode. There's someone out there who has never heard of Starbucks. So listen up. 
Uh, there's a website called the Refinery Twenty Nine, and one of their their senior food editors, uh, Zoe Bain, got to make a tour of the craft coffee going on at Starbucks. What craft coffee at Starbucks? It's the Reserve Roastery. Yeah, it's a it's a a multi 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 million dollar uh, facility that that they built just recently, a couple years ago, maybe. Hmm. And so the article is titled How to Taste Coffee Like a Pro. Until recently, I had no idea that professional coffee tasting even existed. So much for Zoe's experience with coffee. <laughs> yeah, I ordered critic. Yeah. I ordered my soy latte every morning, not really understanding how noticeably different two coffee beans could actually taste. Yada yada yada. So she has a video here and it was pretty cute. You know, she goes there to their taste testing. They invited the Starbucks invited her in and they talked about the process. It's pretty straightforward. Starbucks four steps to coffee tasting like a pro. First, you smell it paddle and swirl this coffee slurry it's not actually a cup of coffee it's made in a glass it's kind of thick because they leave the grounds in there right for a taste testing yeah it's it's immersion it's immersion so they'll so they'll grind uh it, it depends what size what size vessel you use but they'll but they'll grind a certain amount of ounces uh, a, a certain amount of grams of of coffee and, and use a certain amount of um water depending on on whatever ratio that that particular cupping uses the SCAA has a has a particular ratio that i can't recall offhand you take the grounds and obviously you you grind them right before you do it and then you, you and then you smell the dry grounds are you doing this with very recently roasted coffee or are you letting yeah, it ideally, set, yeah. set for a day or no well you, you, yeah yeah typically you let it sit at least overnight you roast it and, and then do the cupping the next day maybe maybe a couple of days later you can you can actually do it a, a, you know maybe do it the next day and then do it uh 3 days later and then maybe a week later to see if 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 your uh if your if your scoring changes because so sometimes it does. Right, right. Because as the coffee degasses and, and as it ages, it, it does it does change flavor. If you're a, a meticulous note keeper to to see how this how this coffee is going to change. So if um, if your customers mention something, you can you know you, you you know what they're talking about. They point out in the article your tongue distinguishes only five tastes. You got sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and umami. Umami. Yeah. yeah. What is umami? What were the five again? Well, you got sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and umami. Bitter is yeah. Um, it, it's it's dictionary de- definition a category of taste in food besides sweet, sour, salt, and bitter, corresponding to the flavor of glutamates, especially monosodium glutamate. <laughs> so the stuff that we all know and love, you can find in Cheetos. It's so it's like a flavor enhancer. It's it's a it's rounding off and enhancing most anything. I, re- I remember first hearing about it because um, I think it's, it's just a recent addition to the to the taste the the taste vernacular I guess I first heard about it at the world of Coke when when huh. you, you know they have that that 4d yeah the 4d yeah. thing there they, they talk about umami there they have this video you can watch and they call it a 4d theater experience you get splashed with coca-cola you drink coca-cola you yeah. smell coca-cola and they in the video they talk to the anthropomorphize taste buds yeah right right <laughs> and, and umami's one of them and they and they talk because they don't they don't really describe the other ones all that much but they they do describe umami because it is it is a it's sort of an abstract um i think it's one of those things that you know it you know it when you taste it but yes. you can't really describe it mm, i'm not getting any any umami from my coffee today uh no nor should you i would think yeah well back to the video after going through the smelling they slurp it and it gets kind of noisy um it's really cute 
uh, really loud. And it's funny to hear the contrast between the uh, the food uh, editor of the Refinery29 versus the professional at Starbucks. I think that it would be awkward at best to slurp and spit. And uh, that's the next thing you do is after you've tasted. Yeah, when, stuff, everybody, when everybody at the cupping is is doing it, it's not it's. It's kind of weird for the first the first five minutes, but after a while, it's just something you do. I still think it would be awkward at best. Like imagine going to a shoe try on and everybody getting together and trying on shoes together. Everybody's got to take off their shoes, expose their smelly socks or their naked feet, and try some others on, and then try some others on. And oh, John, how how are those shoes? Uh, may I try them? Yeah. Just- and watching everybody not like exchanging shoes. Not like that at all. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I'm not getting the comparison here. Uh, putting um, something in your mouth and then putting it out again. It's well, like, you're not spitting in each other's mouths. <laughs> <laughs> don't get it. I'm speechless. Review. We got smell, then you slurp, and it's it's it can sound interesting when you do so. And then you got the third step. You spit this stuff. And if you forget to spit your coffee, that's okay. And then you describe it because while it was in your mouth, you got something on your palate. And what's interesting too is part of the whole slurping idea is that you're able to taste what's in the beverage better when you're oxygenating it, like in yeah. your mouth. Well, that yeah, you're, you're aspirating. You're sucking it. in some air. You're, you're sucking in some air, um, but but you're also getting it all over your mouth. It's not yeah. it's not ju- it's not just rolling down your tongue or you know you're getting your nose your, is involved too. You're, you're right, right. When you're, you're slurping, you may not notice it, but you're probably breathing at the same time. Yeah, I mean, wine tasters do the same thing turns the coffee itself into 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 little drops and it, and it sprays all over your mouth and yeah it, it's rather than than centralizing the uh the sip of coffee in in one place on your tongue it gets it all over your mouth and you do you do taste more you you you're able to draw out more of the flavor than you do if you just drink it normally and in the article here at the website that says the describe process, now that you've smelled and tasted the coffee, think about how you would describe the experience. Talk about the aroma, the acidity, body, and flavor. What food flavors or other experiences can you compare this sensation to? Is it remind you of citrus or cocoa or bakery items and vegetables, berries? Just to name a few of the flavors that you might taste from a cup of joe. Yeah, it 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 takes time. It it's, does. It's like anything else. It's not something that's immediately recognized. Because some people just say, "Well, I can't do that." Well, yeah, you can. It's you just can, not actually, something you I, do. I think you can. Yeah, yeah, because anyone knows how fish tastes different from chicken, and yeah. you know. But then you know, you get a curveball by eating some tuna, and everybody right. says, mm, "It's kind of the chicken of the sea." You kind of know what something tastes like, even though it reminds you of chicken. It is still fish. Yeah, and you just. Don't don't think about these things. People don't usually think about what macaroni and cheese tastes like. They just eat it and right. they like it or they don't. Right. And if you actually stop to think about it, you can usually break this down. Yeah. Yeah. If you're forced to do it, we, we did a, <laughs> if you're forced, if we, you got to turn pro well, for it, Starbucks. I mean, you are, I mean, cause you're, um, we did a, we did a tasting with, with my wife and I did a tasting with friends of ours the other night and they both said, you know, coffee tastes like coffee. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not those type of people. We can't do that. And I said, okay, fine. And we, and we tasted four coffees. And as we talked about it, they came to quickly realize that they can do it. And there is, there is a huge divergence in, in flavor in specialty coffee. Um, it's, it's not just this is coffee and this is not coffee. There's, there's, there's lots and lots of, of, of varieties de- depending on how coffee was processed, how it was grown, where it was grown. And, and they were, they were drawing those those flavors out. It just, it just, it just takes time. It's just something that if it's not important to you, then you're not going to do it. I say forced, but I, but I mean it in a good way where you're getting people to, to look beyond their normal experience and just, and see 
what they're missing. You don't, yeah, you don't have to become a taste tester to appreciate good coffee either. You just know it when you taste it, like Like you would from a good pizza or a bad pizza. You find what suits your taste, and no one needs to describe what they're tasting from a good pizza. Yeah. And the same is true about coffee. But coffee is unique in that, unlike pizza, you can distinguish hundreds of different flavors. And yeah, you get a lot of complexities between olives and hamburgers and pepperonis, but not the level of complexity that you get from these beverages. Right. And so this is why product research is so important to the big companies as well as the small craft roasters, because you're not just identifying that this is a single origin Costa Rican coffee. You want to give people an idea of whether it's it's got a good sort of bitterness or if it's got a good sort of smoothness. Mm-hmm. And if it suggests sweetness, those things matter. And you really can taste this stuff from the good coffees. I've listened to others that were doing some cupping and they would describe it as strawberry shortcake. Like that, not just strawberries, not just a, a, a strawberry milkshake. But a strawberry shortcake, you know, I mean, that's very unique. You're talking about something that reminds you of baked cake as well as whipped cream or what do you call it? Not not cool whip, but whipped cream. Yes. And then you got some fresh strawberries on top. Like, but we're talking about coffee still. Yeah. There's, if you, if you ever make a drive, uh, like your drive to work, you know, if you, if you do it every day and you do it almost unconsciously. You, there's just you, you know that drive so well that maybe one day you decide that that, that somebody else is going to drive and you're going to sit in the passenger seat. You start noticing all sorts of different things that you drive by every day, but you never really took notice of because it's because you're the one driving. You, you've got a particular job to do, and that's and that's what you're paying attention to. You're looking at the traffic. You're looking at the cars in front of you. Other things like that. You're not looking at the sides of the road or or what new store is being built or other things like that. You but you notice those things when you're not driving. So it, it's it's the same way with coffee. When doing a deliberate tasting like that and and focusing your attention on what's in your mouth, suddenly you realize that uh, oh yeah oh yeah there's there's something there there's that, interesting flavors yeah. there that I that I guess I always knew were there but I never I never quite put words to them I never tried to describe them or really think about them. Tasting forces you to be deliberate about your about your tasting. And if you want to watch that video, you can get the show notes where uh, we'll have links to anything that we talk about on the show. So that's at toprew.fm slash podcast slash 59. So it's time for us to do our own very own taste testing of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. It's uh, long overdue. (laughs) It is. We haven't done this for a while. So what we got here is Thrasher, a great craft coffee roaster from the Northwest Georgia Metro Atlanta area. And you know of them very well because they've been sponsoring us since the beginning, but instead of introducing their own coffee line to you again in this uh, ad read or something, we're going through a series of coffee taste tests to share our quick thoughts of other coffees. And this is sponsored by Thrasher Coffee. So we're going through things like restaurant coffee, online subscription services, and local quick marts, gas stations, you name it. And the bag of beans right in front of us from Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. So today's freshly brewed coffee is Dunkin' Don'ts Nuts. Or, I mean, you know, the original blend. Speaking of their product, it says on the packaging, Dunkin' Donuts is named for its donuts, but our coffee is what fueled the phenomenon. And just what kind of brew could create such a stir? Open this bag and find out. Rich and smooth, made from only premium beans. Dunkin' Donuts coffee lets you experience that signature Dunkin' Donuts taste at home. So I picked up mine at the local grocery store. 
the bag, it looks like it's going to be a, a large one pound bag. It's actually just 12 ounces, mm-hmm. not 16 ounces. We've talked about this before. And I gave it a good hearty squeeze. I got a pretty good, but not great aroma to come out of the bag fr- through the valve. And I like the way these bags are sealed. It's easy to open from the top. Some of the bags are tricky. Sometimes you got to cut them open, <laughs> kind of like cut the umbilical cord, you know, right. to use their coffee inside. But this is easy. It's an easy to open package. And inside the beans uh, are they're 100% Arabica. They boast that they're premium grade. Eric, what do you make of the, uh, the package? What do you make of what they're doing with the Dunkin' Donuts brand? I've I've always thought that McDonald's coffee and Dunkin' Donuts coffee tastes remarkably similar. I do think Dunkin' Donuts is better. Um, I think that uh, McDonald's is a lot like it, it may be a little bit more acidic. Yeah, it's it's something. Um, but to reiterate, we didn't get this from a Dunkin' Donuts store. We 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 bought a bag of Dunkin' Donuts coffee beans and we made these through the AeroPress. Yep. Yeah, you know, we we applied the same the same preparation technique as we would to any other coffee it's just that we didn't have dunkin donuts store yeah the, we the closest it. well the closest dunkin donuts is about 15 minutes away okay so i, I didn't want to go to the trouble so yeah yeah I mean, but it does it, it, it from what my taste memory serves this this tastes like the kind of the coffee you'd get in a dunkin donut usually the, the coffee you get in dunkin donuts is, is hotter um you have to let it sit for a while to, to be able to drink it but yeah it's 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 it's, it's coffee Well, okay. So one of the things I noticed on the package is that Dunkin' Donuts since 2002 has had a styrofoam coffee cup as part of their logo. They don't even have a donut in their logo anymore. It says DD on the side of the coffee cup and they're de-emphasizing the donuts in in every sort of way they possibly can. Emphasizing the coffee. And somehow that has, has worked because I've talked to a lot of people who say, I love Dunkin' Donuts coffee and I don't really give Dunkin' Donuts coffee much thought it's just it's not the donuts necessarily that are that are drawing them in or or at least sparking something in their memory it's the coffee it's like it's like referring to purple elephants and thinking of zebras instantly oh yeah i love zebras they're such interesting creatures you're supposed to think about donuts and instantly everybody says oh i love their coffee yeah it's yeah i guess it's it's assumed that uh, well obviously we have we have good donuts it's in our name but have you tried our coffee and duncan has the stores, anyway, the Dunkin's has uh, Dunkin' Donuts stores have branched out. Well, the last time that I went to a Dunkin', I got a muffin and a orange juice. <laughs> yeah, so they are expanding uh, from from just being a donut maker. It's it's, it's a breakfast it's shop. Al- yeah, it's almost like a like a twenty four. I don't know. I guess they're not twenty four hours, but they're open. They're open pretty long. They might as well be. They're kind of like the fast food Denny's. It's not. Here's here's your you know, order your your cheeseburger and and I, I turn around and grab it because I have I have ten of them behind me in the in the warmer they they do make stuff as you order it so in that sense it's more like Hardee's than it is like McDonald's well I know that their donuts were probably made recently but they've never struck me as fresh like you know you go to Krispy Kreme and you get some fresh donuts they they were made minutes ago yeah. and they're still kind of piping hot and soft for it I've never got that experience at a Dunkin' they're they're already cooled down they're they're not stale but they're they're certainly yeah. not warm the sandwiches the breakfast sandwiches are, are not those are created as you as you order them i still think the most enjoyable thing about this bag of coffee is what it smells like it smells better i mean like it's it's not a an, a great smell yeah but it's a good smell yeah it's it's not it's not bad coffee it's 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 okay um from a store it's it's, it's, it's if right. i had to use some cupping notes here i'd say it's very mellow kind of like one of the first things that came to mind was in soft drinks there is a drink called mellow yellow yeah and it's 
it's like the mellow drink among soft drinks. This is like the mellow coffee among coffees. It's so smooth and, you know, flavorless, but still coffee. Like if I were to yeah. blind taste this stuff and think to myself, is this coffee or tea? I would know it was coffee, <laughs> but I'm not saying much for it because uh, if I had to distinguish something about it in the way of a t uh, taste or flavor profile, I'd say it's toasty for a lack of a better word. Like it reminds me of lightly toasted b grains. Mm, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I can see that. I would, uh, if I had to describe it in, in one flavor, I would say black licorice. Really? Yeah. Oh, I get that at the end. Yeah. You're right. Oh, dude, I've never noticed that before. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a huge fan of black licorice. <laughs> yeah, no, I would never spit in my office, but. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> uh, I may not finish this cup of coffee. Yeah, it's not, it's not terrible. No, it's not. It's strange to me too. It says that it's a medium roast on the bag. Do you think that this is a medium? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It, it doesn't remind me of what a lot of mediums are, which is very citrus. Yeah, and yeah, there's, there's nothing citrusy about. Well, this. again, it's a blend. They're trying to blend that 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 blandness into it. <laughs> they they want they want it to be sort of the original non, bland, nondescript. Yeah, the original <laughs> bland. Um, they want it to be somewhat nondescript, so that. And this is one of the reasons why you blend coffee is that that if one of the components of your blend, if you can't get or if or if a new crop doesn't taste quite like the the last crop did, yeah, that kind of stuff gets weakened so that any one component doesn't overdrive any other component. So that if that component isn't there, you have to switch it out with something else or 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 whatever. The the blend, the overall taste of the coffee itself is still basically the same. So my bottom line is, is if you were going to go to the trouble of getting whole beans anyway, you might as well get something else. It definitely is consistent with Dunkin' Donuts coffee from the stores. That was one thing that surprised me was it's, it's been a little while since I've had Dunkin' Donut coffee, but from my recollection, it was consistent with that. On the package, it has a picture of their styrofoam cup coffee from the store. This is the, what they're emphasizing is you should expect the exact same experience from this bag of beans at home. Right. And I think that they probably hit the mark. Coffee out of a styrofoam cup is pretty is pretty gross. I don't I don't like coffee being put in a, no, into a styrofoam no, cup. No, no. Uh, who likes to use styrofoam in this day? Well, I, again, I just don't think most people think about it. It's just it's just the cup they get they get from the store or from the restaurant. It's, they were the K cups of yesteryear. Paper. I definitely prefer paper. All of you international listeners, we do not favor styrofoam. We put up with styrofoam, and a lot of restaurants in America don't use styrofoam anymore. Right. Um, in a way, they're very efficient, they're very practical, and it's nice because they offer some insulation and cheap. They're less likely to overheat and overheat your hand. <laughs> you can hold a styrofoam cup more easily than you can a paper cup. And if, I cannot be just hard on Duncan about this because Chick-fil-A uses styrofoam cups for their cold beverages. It's pretty common in quick service restaurants. Fast food phenomenon. I think it's less noticeable when when, when it's a cold drink. But when you put hot drink into styrofoam, there's something that 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 happens. There's some sort yeah. of chemical reaction that happens between maybe, the styrofoam and the just a small amount, maybe point zero zero five percent of the lining of the wall becomes part of your beverage. And yeah, I don't I'm like sure that it does. Idea. Okay, so that's going to do it for this taste test. I'm not crazy about Duncan. I don't know of any Americans that run on Duncan. That's a a falsehood. Uh, they can they can change their their slogan to something else more suitable. Everybody loves Duncan. No, um, everybody used to run on Duncan. 
But it doesn't say everybody. It says America. Collectively, oh. America runs on Duncan. <sighs> America used to run on Duncan. Okay, so thank you very much, Thrasher, for subjecting us to this. It's, it's important that we cover all our bases, and we got this one out of the way. Next week, gas station coffee. What do you say? I say why? <laughs> because we've had a lot of listeners that asked for us to review gas station coffee. Just I- any gas station coffee in general? Or I mean, is yes. It, I mean, well, okay. a few of them have made recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> um, it has come to this. I'm so sorry, we, y'all. We're going to give you what the people wanted. Are we going to compare like racetrack and quick trip or what, what are we just going to pick pick one and say that that's a representative of all gas station coffee? Well, a few truckers want us to try pilot. And then there were other people who recommended Quick Trip. Is there a pilot around here? The nearest one is maybe 30 minutes away. Oh, wow. But we, we'll, we'll work something we'd out. We'd have to go on location. Do on location. You know, at that pilot, there's also a McDonald's. So we could do a, com- a side-by-side comparison of the, the pilot coffee with the McDonald's coffee. Oh, okay. I'm not saying we're going to do that. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening to episode 59 of top Roo. show notes with links to everything that we discussed are at toproo.fm slash podcast slash 59 or in the podcast player you're listening to the show with follow at top fm on twitter or myself i'm at jcs darnell i also want to say a huge thanks to our sponsors we are we still got thrasher coffee use the coupon code top to get 25 percent off of your first purchase and enjoy the craft coffee like the rest of us America runs on craft coffee from now on. And also the magic coffee truck. You're in for a real delight with Sharon's handmade coffee treats from the one of a kind coffee laboratory. Use the discount code magically caffeinated to get 20% off of any order over $10. Believe me, it's totally worth it. You ought to get your sweetheart some of these treats. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Type Brew. Tap Brew? Really? I thought you said Type Brew. Like I thought I said Tap Brew. Something. You said something that wasn't Top Brew. <laughs> this is my podcast, y'all. <laughs>